solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texas podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans a part of your daily listen and rotation. We are free and available on all platforms. I am joined by my co-host, Cody Davis, here to talk more of the Houston Texans. And as you can see, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, I am not behind the yellow brick wall here. I'm on a uh, vacation, but Cody, give the folks that rundown and let's take them down that yellow brick road. <laughs> yes, sir. And on this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to look at Kamu Grugier Hill and talk about the possibility of him being one of the few guys that actually going to stick around here with the Houston Texans beyond the 2021 season. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans. With a very interesting tweet that I saw, somebody is really trying to make the argument to say whether or not Tyrod Taylor is the third best quarterback in Texans franchise history. So John and I are actually going to have a little fun with that debate. But to kick this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John, listeners, viewers, as we know, the Houston Texans won, possibly arguably, had one of the biggest upset of the 2021 season in the NFL by defeating the Tennessee Titans 22-13 on Sunday. And with that win, the Houston Texans improved to 2-8 and eight on the season. However, the Texans did kind of hurt their draft stock just a little bit because oh by defeating the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, if the draft was held this weekend, the Houston Texans will actually hold the fourth overall pick instead of the second pick. Now, John, I want to look at this from a standpoint of whether or not this is a big deal for the Texans because I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, one, it's not that big of a deal because when you take a look at the college prospects who are coming out of this year's draft, I do not see a defined generational talent at any position. I know there's Kayvon Thibodeau, but I'm not too sure outside of him is there anyone else worth the Houston Texans tanking for and two there is a possibility that the Texans can also hinder their draft stop because look the New York Jets they're coming inside NRG Stadium with the same two and eight record as the Houston Texans and the Texans are coming off a win the Jets they're continuously losing as always there's a great possibility that they can actually make it two wins in a row which means if they went on Sunday they will actually fall outside of the top five but they will still be in the top 10 and John I'm thinking if the Texans can get let's say one or two more wins that can actually put them in a position where they can actually draft at a position where they where they definitely need talent and that position is at cornerback if they fall somewhere let's say between the 10 and between the six and ten draft slot. So let me get this right. You're saying that it's not a big deal that they're picking fourth instead of second. Yes. And and if they saying, went on Sunday, 
then, you know, if that draft stock continues to fall, I mean, as long as they stay in the top 10, that would give them the opportunity to draft at a position that they definitely need, especially at cornerbacks taking, you know, let's say one of the top cornerbacks, let's say a pick number eight or nine. But you also feel like there's not a generational talent outside of uh, Thibodeau in that in that top five range. It's projected. I, I, okay. At least in my opinion. Okay, so I agree that it's not a big deal that Houston isn't picking second, or you know they're not in the race right now to pick first. I think Detroit may lock that in. Actually, oh yeah, they already got that locked. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal, but I think. That's the right choice, the wrong way of going about it, in a sense. I think that there are talents coming out aside of Thibodeau. I like Neil, the uh, right tackle from Alabama. I I think that in Houston's case, you know, there isn't a generational quarterback. I think everybody can agree on that. But Houston is a team that has so many different needs that they're not a quarterback away. Some of these franchises – you know, they're a quarterback away. When you look at what the Chargers did a couple of years ago when they went out and drafted Herbert, they were a franchise that was a young quarterback away. Some of these franchises are like that. Houston's not in that position because that quarterback away is getting away in Deshaun Watson. So they need a right tackle. The experiment of uh, of uh, uh, Howard, that has been going, you know, south and left guard. And I don't know if Houston will put a lot of stock into him, into him moving back to right tackle. They need a defensive tackle, I, I still think. You know, and you're right, Cody. A, a cornerback would be huge for Houston in this, this upcoming year's draft. I think Houston needs so many different players and positions that to be filled. Then picking second, picking third, fourth, five, as you mentioned, top ten is where Houston should fall, which would be the first time since Jadavion Clowney, if I'm not mistaken. But the race for number one – isn't as important as the race of, you know, taking your time and getting the right pick. Hmm. And that is, and that is where I say the Houston Texans are not doing themselves a disservice by continuing not winning because look, if they are, let's say if they had the number one pick or the number two pick, I mean, we see it all the time. It's either you get this guy. It's like, it's, it's almost like franchises are forced to take whoever they feel is the generational talent versus when you get somewhere, let's say in that six to 10 range. Now you're looking at a standpoint where you can say, okay, we need a cornerback, John, to your point. We need a right tackle. We need, we need a, we, we, we need a, a safety who can actually help elevate our franchise. And that is where I think Nick Casario and the Houston Texans would be able to hit a home run in this year's draft versus let's say if they're at number two, then they'd be forced to take the second best prospect off the board. Also, I would make the case that uh, like this franchise has fallen from grace hmm. fast and hard, right? And I would make the case for a franchise that had the world at their fingertips a couple of season, uh, seasons ago. Do you really want that number one pick? Like, wouldn't that be more of a slap in the face to show where you came from, where you had Watson, Watt, Hopkins, uh, a very decent, I would say a decent a so line in the last couple of years, a very active defense when you had a healthy Watt Clowney, you had a, a J- Justin Reed, you know, Tasha Gibson, you had a great team put together and you saw, you you know, you were at the mountaintop, but then now a couple of years later, I'm picking second, possibly first in this year's draft. I think that would be more of like one of those, ugh, 
<laughs> Another reminder, how did we get here? Now, of course, you got here because you're just a bad franchise right now. But for Houston, I, I would say losing in the draft instead of strengthening themselves in the draft, I don't think that's a big deal because, you know, Bryce Young isn't coming out this year. A lot of these mm. highly – like Stroud out of, uh, out of you know, Ohio State, a lot of these – Big name quarterbacks, generational as of right now, while they're in college, quarterbacks aren't coming out. And it's not like you're the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets of last year. You got time to get to that point. So pick the right players right now. That way, whenever it's time, you're actually a quarterback away and not a quarterback and somebody to protect them and somebody to get other uh, opposing offenses off the field as well. In the Locked On Texans, your first listen every day. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. And continuing here with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to take a look at a player who has a great possibility of returning and actually having a great possibility to be a part of the Houston Texans rebuild. Now, we know... During the offseason, Nick Casario signed a number of players to one-year deals. And one of those players who signed a one-year contract was Kamu Gugier Hill. And, John, I don't know if you will agree or disagree with me or not, but I can definitely see Hill coming back and actually being part of the Houston Texans rebuild because Hill, he, going back to Sunday's game, he was arguably the second, no lower than the third most important Texan to take the field during that win against the Tennessee Titans because he had made not one, but two great defensive plays in the win that the Texans got over the Tennessee Titans. As we all know, he recorded an 82-yard interception, and then him alongside Justin Reed had an opportunity to stop Adrian Peterson on that fourth down in both of those defensive plays that Hill made in that win on Sunday was part of the reason why the Houston Texans were able to get the momentum early, keep the momentum, and it also and he also helped that team go up 12 to nothing at the halftime break. And I don't want to talk about this just based off of his performance on Sunday, but when you take a look at what Hill means to this organization as a whole, from how good he was playing, even when you take away the game against the Titans, this is a guy that has been a reliable player in the linebacking core. And not only that, this is a guy in John, I know you hate this. He is the perfect example of the quote-unquote culture fit for the Houston Texans. Now, John, before I give the floor back over to you, I want you guys just to take a quick listen to the exchange that I had with David Cully about Kamu Gugier-Hill. Coach, yesterday Kamu Gugier-Hill had one of his best games of the season, but can you just talk about how important he has been um, to this team throughout the season? Well, he talked, she talked about leadership yesterday. Listen, he's, he's one of those guys. Plays every snap. Not only does he play all the snaps, he plays on special teams for us and he's a pro you know he, he and Tyrod he's kind of like our Tyrod on defense uh, you know with Kristen Kersey not being out he stepped up and kind of taken that role and uh, he's done a, a heck of a job with it and, and again uh, you know playing as much as he's playing and his leadership uh, like I said before he, he does a great job what stuck out to me Cody was you know your head coach calling you the Tyrod Taylor of the defense huh. and I'll tell you why that's even more important <clears throat> 
because the Houston Texans are two and two with Tyrod Taylor. They are defeated with somebody else at quarterback in Davis Mills, right? But so that that just shows you number one how important Tyrod Taylor is to this uh, for this team's success. But number two, I'm not. I, yeah, I just think it's funny that they're calling him the Tyrod Taylor of the defense and not Cunningham. And Cunningham has been playing well. Uh, he played well on Sunday, and I thought he played fairly decent the week before. But also with, with Hill, you know, since week – let's see, this was since the Buffalo game, so week four, he's played in 85, 100, 100, 100, 73, 96, 91. Those are the percentages – are the defensive snap percentages that he's played. So he's been on that field. Also on special teams throughout this year, he's played on special teams over 40% three times. And as a starting linebacker, he's also one of those players at that linebacker position that has field holes very well for Houston and has been able to kind of get into the backfield to be, to be disruptive. Hill has been very important for this team. There's no denying that. When Houston looks around next year, when they're assessing their free agents, who they have on their roster that will be free agents, who they want to bring in, I think right in the middle of bringing in and don't want to let go and keeping rather, will be Hill. He's played well this year in his role, and at times, majority of the time, he has been the best linebacker for Houston on the field. Now, Christian Kersey has been out. Joe Thomas hasn't, you know, been as available as we probably like for him to be in, you know, the, the roles and back and forth with Zach Cunningham, whether he's playing or not getting any snaps or that whole drama, the consistent linebacker so far this year, Texan fans has been healed. And he's a player that I believe, you know, out of the few one, two year contracts that were signed and brought in, he's one of those players where you got to bring him back. I think so. Now, of course he may be auditioning for another team, and that happens for Houston. Like they, they bring in players, and that player plays well, and then the next season they're somewhere else. They can't can't afford them, or the player wants to move on. So he may be he may be very well operating and auditioning for another team, but I think he's a player that Houston should have high on their list. Bring him back for next year, and in his case, I'm not mad that he's a culture guy. I'm not mad. It makes sense. He's a player that, in fairness, he's been bouncing around the league. You know, hasn't been um, a big-name linebacker. And so they brought him in. He fits what they're trying to, attempting, whatever the case is, trying to do with that coacher. But he's playing well. In the past, Houston would have culture guys that they'd bring back, but they're not playing well. They're not They're not really giving you anything or whatever side of the ball that they're playing on. He is a player that's giving you everything, and he's also a good fit for your locker room. So, I'm 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 one of those guys that want to bring him back. I want to see him in a Texan jersey for at least at least another couple of years. Ladies and gentlemen, this week is Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new Updated desktop or mobile website to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with a promo code locked on to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports because BetOnline is stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. 
All righty, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out this Tuesday installment of Locked on Texans, you know, John, it's been so long since the Houston Texans won a game. Sometimes I feel like people just don't know how to act. There were so many funny tweets. There were so many funny memes about the Texans winning. But the one that actually caught my eye came from a guy by the name of Ross Valaro. Hopefully, hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name right, um, but his Twitter handle is Sports. RV and he tweeted that Tyrod Taylor is a top three quarterback in Texans history. A tweet that is way out there. But the funny part about that tweet, when you go into the comment section, there was people actually debating whether or not Tyrod Taylor is a top three quarterback. And you got in the comment in franchise history. Look. Ladies and gentlemen, John, what I would say is, based off a of name recognition, Tyrod Taylor is what? Number two. Based off a of name recognition. But just because a guy is, John, earlier in the show, you said he's two and two. I'm going to say he's two and one because he didn't finish that game against the Cleveland Browns. But just because a guy is two and one, <laughs> you know, and he was kind of like a... I don't want to say a savior, but somebody that actually tried his hardest to get the Houston Texans out of football hell after what this organization had put them through throughout the offseason. It is way too early to call Taylor the a, a top three quarterback in franchise history. First and foremost, number one, unfortunately, is up for grabs now because no, it's <laughs> not. Yes, no, it, it is. Not. John. John Come on now. No, you know what? I, I'm going to let you take. Who is number one in your book? Number one is Deshaun Watson. But he hasn't been here long enough. He hasn't it's been clear. here long enough. It doesn't enough. matter. It doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. And who, who when, would be number two in your book? Number two is Matt Schaub. And, just, but, and to be honest with you, we can interchange that. Because when you go back and you take a look at the history of books, Matt Schaub still holds the majority of the quarterback's records. Yes, Deshaun Matt Watson. Schaub has a playoff win. I don't think he does. He was, was, was TJ Yates. He wasn't a quarterback when the Texans won the game, and then they got beat out. But he wasn't a quarterback when the Texans beat the. I think that was the Bengals. The Bengals that TJ Yates. Okay. Deshaun Watson. One of years, I think, was um, Fitzpatrick, who needs to, who's into the chat as well. I don't think (laughs) Tyrod Taylor is. I don't think he's going to be a number three quarterback. I mean, if he's he's still here next year. I, I still don't think so. I think the top three is Watson, Schaub, and Derek Carr. I mean, David Carr, Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick rounds out at number four. Um, you know, I got laughed at. I said Brian Hoyer. <laughs> you know, he he has some time in Houston, but also who else? Sage Rosenfeld would be on that list as well. Brock Osweiler took him to the playoffs. And, Hell no. And, you know, no, you're uh, not about I'm to sorry. put I'd rather Tyrod over Oswald. Come on. I'm now. sorry, man. But but what I will say, because Brock of Brock it. is the reason why we had Deshaun Watson for four or five years in Houston. So he gets so. another push. <laughs> right? he, gets another, he gets another push because does he though? Brock's stinking it up. You wouldn't get Deshaun Watson. But does he though? In hindsight, in 2021, man, it didn't listen. pay out. <laughs> well, I tell you what. It's not the player's fault. You go up 24-0 <laughs> and then you don't close out that game. But, uh, but I don't I don't think Tyrod Taylor would ever be a top three Texan quarterback. I mean, his conversation is cut down 
a thousand times because he only played four games this uh, this season. So three and a uh, half, really. Three, three, yeah, right, three and a half, really. I, what so I would say, what I what I would say, this conversation that we have in one, it's kind of sad because in twenty years you have how many quarterbacks in your franchise history? But two and most importantly, I think this is a conversation that we should revisit. If Tyrod Taylor resigns with the Saints, I do believe there is a slim chance that he may come back in 2022, depending on the the confidence level in Davis Mills and depending on whether or not they go after a quarterback in the draft. But what I would say is if Tyrod Taylor comes back in 2022 and let's say he plays the entire season and he actually gets this team to a point where they are respected, then I could say, OK, maybe we could start having a conversation on whether or not he's number three. But number three after three and a half games, come on now, man. Nah, but what know, I would say fans. is in the offseason, maybe we need to bring some of the listeners on here. We should really have a, a real conversation on whether or not it's fair to say that Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in franchise history. Talent wise, yes. Interesting. But I, I think that'll be interesting. I think interesting. I think one thing you got to look at with Shaw is um Shaw had the greatest Texan team in franchise history. Two two years he did. And it was clearly him holding them back. Whether it had been injury that one year where they went 12-4, and four, and I, I do think that if he doesn't get hurt, then there's a different discussion about where Shaw may end up mm-hmm. because that's how good that team was. But – you know, Shaw fumbled what Houston could possibly be in regards of the greatness of that early 2010 team. I think so. Deshaun is Deshaun in his situation. And, you know, but one thing about Deshaun is he's put up great numbers, had great moments, got two playoff wins with a team that had a lot of dysfunction going on. Well, and Tyrod isn't better than, than Carr, uh, Fitzpatrick, Hoyer. And I'm going to say Brock Osweiler. I don't care. Well, you know, he stunk. You know, you talk about the Texans in the early 2010s. You know, all I'm going to say is, you know, it's good for them because they should have drafted Vince Young when they had an opportunity oh to. God. And it would have saved the Texans and it would have saved Vince Young's career. That's all I got to say. That's good for them. And we wouldn't be sitting here talking about a Deshaun or whoever the case, Tyrod Taylor. We'd be talking about Vince Young in the Hall of Fame life because it was the Texans and the Titans that ruined his career. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm going to forever hold a grudge about that draft. And with that being said, I'm John Hickman. You guys follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans as a page. Go to YouTube, subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on my new Twitter account. It's going to be C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 10. Why 10? Because that was Vince Young jersey number. And I'm going to continue to hold a grudge against that organization that they should have drafted Vince Young. (laughs) Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. This is what I deal with. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.